When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I am here today with San Francisco Bay Area architect, Richard Gage, AIA. He's a member of the American Institute of Architects, and he is also the CEO and founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. So well, I was, I was the CEO. Were, I am CEO. the founder. Something happened over there, and we'll talk. Oh, about okay. Yes, I want to hear all about that then. <laughs> well, I was just telling you, I'm super excited to have you here today because I have been talking about how I feel like the Big Nine event really kind of paved the way for what we're experiencing and witnessing now, and that there are just so many parallels between the two. But I think that it's really important for people to understand what happened. And I know I've talked to people, even people who are super awake, really starting to understand what's going on, the bigger picture of what's going on in the world. And they have such a hard time wrapping their heads around this particular, uh, you know, I'm going to say psyop and uh, just, but, you know, I think a lot of people really have a hard time, you know, some of it's just cognitive dissonance. They don't want to see it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then some people, it's just that they really have been, so fooled by all of the the media and the propaganda surrounding it. So without further ado, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how did you even get involved in, you know, going down this rabbit hole? Yeah, don't ask me. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it's been a quite a quite a ride. I was minding my own business uh, uh, in 2006, uh, driving back from a construction observation meeting and I heard on the radio in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, mm-hmm. where I grew up and lived and worked most of my career, uh, uh, David Ray Griffin. He was being interviewed on bon- by Bonnie Faulkner on KPFA's program, <clears throat> excuse me, Guns and Butter. And I was shocked uh, to hear that there was even an alternative uh, story uh, about Uh, how the towers came down. I was shocked to learn that a third tower came down. I mean, this was incredible. Uh, It wasn't hit by a plane. And uh, yet he's trying to tell me that this third tower came down uh, smoothly, symmetrically into its own footprint in under seven seconds. I'm going, well, wait a minute. We know, we just know that that can't happen. So uh, I thought it couldn't happen. so I did some research. He was actually speaking the next night uh, in 
uh, at the Grand Lake Theater and there were 600 people. I went and I was just shocked to see all of these people packed into this theater. I'm going, my God, if what he was saying on the radio was true. Uh, the third tower and the expul expulsion of a four ton and eight ton structural steel members at 80 miles an hour out of the South Tower and the North Tower during the collapse, landing 600 feet in every direction, the ends of the beams, molten iron, trailing thick white smoke clouds, uh, explosions uh, heard by hundreds of witnesses. I, I mean, um, this none of this is a part of the official story. And I'm going, you're talking about something completely different. So I checked it out and by God, um, it seemed to be true. And I gave a presentation to the hundred and well, to the 15 architects and engineers that I worked with uh, about two months later when I pulled a PowerPoint uh, together. And because uh, all of them had I've been talking to them and and they had been uh, saying, my God, you're 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 full of beans. Uh, you're a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. Well, I, I bought them pizza. They had to come listen. <laughs> All of them agreed with me. Oh, my God, you're right. These are controlled demolitions. They signed my petition, all except for my boss, who was Middle Eastern. And now we have 3,500 architects and engineers signed on to the petition over at AE911truth.org. Architects and engineers for 911 Truth. Yes, I founded that organization 15 years ago. I'm now on my own. I've outgrown my nest. Uh, we have a new organization. It's richardgage911.org. All the evidence is there. I encourage people to take a look at it as we're talking here. What, uh, what happened there? Oh, well, um, I've expanded my concerns uh, from uh, beyond the World Trade Center into the other aspects of 9-11 and indeed other as you call them, psyops, and I do too. Uh, they are of great concern uh, to all of us currently, the disease that's going around and the false solution for it. Uh, I, I was speaking at the Red Pill Expo in Rapid City, South Dakota. Somebody put a microphone in my mouth and I had just heard several uh, preeminent doctors on the alternative side of, of the, the COVID issue. <clears throat> and I, I, I was really upset. So I, I just put it out there, you know, and now previously Spike Lee had inter interviewed me and uh, because he wanted to put the 9-11 truth out there. Yeah. So he had uh, uh, was just moved to tears by the presentation of all of this evidence that I was providing him. So he, he invited experts, he invited family members he had a half hour segment prepared to go out on September 11th in his, uh, his uh, show on HBO, 9-11 Epicenters, COVID, uh, excuse me, Ep New York Epicenters, 9-11 and COVID. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what happened was, since he, he was invested in the official narrative regarding COVID, mm -hmm. and he uh, took, well, he... he he was trying to get all the black people vaccinated uh, because he believed that they were underrepresented. Mm -hmm. Well, thank God they were underrepresented because this is, a, this is a, a killer. Uh, and, um, and so uh, I said that in the microphone, Slate magazine picked it up. 
put it in my in in uh, the face of Spike Lee, and he uh, uh, was also getting parallel to this uh, lots of flack from HBO and other mainstream uh, uh, executives yeah. uh, in the entertainment industry to, to to disband with these conspiracy theories and. Anyway, he told them he'd go back to the drawing board. He took out the half hour segment. We're not on there anymore. My uh, uh, PR consultant convinced our board that this was a major PR crisis for some reason and uh, convinced them. And so they unwittingly uh, went along with him and uh, the CEO has to step down. So indeed, uh, I'm not with the organization anymore and on my own and doing what I can and need need to do now that they can't right well i'm so glad that you are so let's back up a little bit and uh let's talk a little bit about what happened you know maybe start with what people think happened a lot of people think happened and then maybe we'll start with like building seven because i think that's kind of easier segue for a lot of people right it is actually (laughs) yeah because uh this is building seven yes Building seven is a 47 story skyscraper. And most people know nothing about it. In fact, most architects and engineers know nothing about the third worst structural failure in modern history. I mean, it is an incredible case study in censorship by the media and the government. The 9-11 commission report didn't even mention its collapse. Yeah. At 520 in the afternoon, uh, after witnesses heard explosions, it drops like a rock straight down uniformly, symmetrically into its own footprint in under seven seconds. In fact, you got to see this. Let me show you this. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely incredible. When people see this, when I saw it, I go, no way did that happen uh, by uh, um, uh the uh oh i see what happened okay yeah we'll uh this is world trade center seven here in fact as okay. you can see uh it's standing fine you know before right. the collapse about 110 yards from the north tower mm-hmm. and then the towers come down that morning right, right. and so we have uh the uh, it's still standing fine uh but mm-hmm. then this happens to it uh the East penthouse up top comes down first. Six seconds later, this right. is what happens. Uh, a uniform, symmetrical, global yeah. collapse in under seven seconds. Now, I'll show you that again, <laughs> just in case somebody blinked. This is incredible. People don't know a 47-story skyscraper collapsed in the afternoon of 9-11. Most everybody. Uh, it it it. It's uh, it should be the most studied building structural failure in history. Sure. So what 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 actually happened? Well, listen to what the official narrative. This is, comes out seven years later. Now, by NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, who was tasked by Congress to explain these collapses to the American people. This is what they try to explain this away as. What we found was that uncontrolled building fires caused an extraordinary event. The collapse of World Trade Center 7 was primarily due to fire. Did you hear that, by the way? Due to fire. 
Oh, yeah, you did hear it. Okay. Um, so these fires are the fires that the worst fires that we have photographic or video evidence of, Courtney. It's incredible. Those fires bringing that building down to the ground in, in under seven seconds, uniformly, symmetrically. I mean, uh, and what they blame is the fires under the east penthouse around column 79 here. And so if that's true, uh, they have to elaborate, uh, create an elaborate uh, struck, uh, synthesis uh, simulation of these fires and show that those fires were raging hot in that area for an hour and a half, but fires burn out uh, in, in 20 minutes or so. That's all the fuel there is in a given area to, right. to burn. So we have a, a real Our problem uh, with uh, Building 7. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. believe me, when I have the opportunity uh, or when your listeners take the opportunity, our viewers here to, to mm -hmm. visit the website, richardgage911.org, you'll find that the Twin Towers um, are equally absurd in terms of the official narrative and in terms of the detailed explanation of evidence uh, for uh, forensic evidence of, of incendiaries and explosives. Uh, it's it's incredible. We can get into some of that, but mm -hmm. what um, what what's of great interest to me, and what I'll be presenting at the Red Pill Expo mm -hmm. in uh, July eight, nine, ten. Okay. I think I'll be on the ninth. Is uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 fascinating parallels between. Uh, the 9-11 event, uh, PSYOP event 20 years ago, and, and the 9-11 and, and the, PSY, the COVID PSYOP of today, mm -hmm. starting just two years ago. It's, it's incredible. So yeah. I wanted to share with your listeners uh, some of these patterns, because if we're not able to see and connect the patterns between these two events, right. we're likely to just accept without questioning what they put forth right the next one and what is the next one i mean we're told monkeypox is coming right <laughs> right right it's incredible well, and i see you have dark winter here and anybody who knows what the exercise for dark winter was it was a smallpox outbreak that they simulated so yep and 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 sure enough uh they they and let me ask you, I believe that is the one that uh, predicted a smallpox outbreak in May of, of this year, which actually happened within a mm -hmm. week of the time they predicted it a year earlier. The, is that the, the same open one? philanthropy document? Yeah. Mm, thank you. Uh, that's very helpful, Courtney, because uh, I heard uh, Joe Biden talking about dark winter, and I didn't know if it was the same. Well, I mean, I can't I don't know for sure if that's what but it, it seems like that might be what he was alluding to when he kept saying dark winter. Uh, mm -hmm. they, but those simulations were, they were 20 years ago, uh, the dark winter uh, war game exercise. And then the, the, I think the one you're talking about was the May 15th uh, monkey break, uh, pox outbreak. And that, yes. was, that was outlined in the uh, open philanthropy document. Okay, um, you've done and, your homework. Open yeah. philanthropy document. Yeah, and it uh, Dustin Moskovitz was a partner on that. He's also the co-founder of Facebook. Oh my God! Mm -hmm. the, the dots. Uh, the dots. I know they they just the keep connecting. <laughs> wow! Yep. Uh, thank you for 
mentioning that um i'm gonna i'm gonna be adding to this slide series uh mm -hmm. the the uh the graphics to go along with it for the presentation in uh indianapolis okay. uh, at the red pill expo but Great. there's massive foreknowledge that goes on before these types of things there's drills that go on norad had 28 hijack drills uh anticipating uh in the couple of years before 9 11 uh some of them even attacks on the twin towers by hijackers and yet we have bush saying uh nobody and condoleezza rice nobody could have anticipated such a thing yeah. uh it, it's incredible their their own exercise manuals show the towers uh being targeted uh one of them shows osama bin laden on it uh this is it's amazing. And then we have event 201 in October of 2019, an exercise anticipating a coronavirus outbreak nearly identical to the one that happens three months later. And they even uh, conspire among themselves, if you will, publicly. Mm -hmm. I guess that's not conspiring if it's public, but they're, they're, they're discussing how they might uh, overcome the vaccine hesitancy on the right. part of... Uh, uh, some of the public, uh, for good reason, uh, the hesitancy is there. Mm -hmm. and who was funding <clears throat> the event 201? Um, uh, the, the, the holders of the patents for coronavirus and the vaccines, and, and which included the CDC, the WHO, right. Anthony Fauci's organization, Right. It's it's incredible. And so the drills are, are a huge part of this. Insider trading is huge. We have four senators that are, uh, are actually being investigated by Congress mm -hmm. for insider trading relative to the outbreak oh. of the coronavirus. I, I mean, that's that's uh, wow. amazing. Uh, that's yeah. that happens before the outbreak. <clears throat> they were briefed on the threat. They're part of the intelligence. Uh, committee so 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 this is january everybody knows this is going to be happening wow uh, an insider trading relative to the twin towers uh we have all millions and millions of dollars that were made betting that the fate of the airliners would go down the next day and they did and so they thought oh the the, the 9 11 commission this would go right to the heart of of Osama bin Laden, right? Well, no, mm -hmm. it didn't. It went to the Deutsche Bank, the Alan oh, Dulles wow. and his brothers. And they, uh, you know what they concluded? They said, well, this didn't uh, go to the hijackers. So we didn't have to uh, research it any further. Wow. I, you can't make this stuff up. It's wow. incredible. <clears throat> then they have con uh, another feature, if you will, of these drills is control of information and practices by top intelligence agencies and, and with 9 11 the, the the whole event is is uplifted uh uh scaled up to the cia and the fbi uh, and then they take complete control uh, and and outsource to uh d defense contractors the the, the narrative uh, and and to experts like uh paul bremer of Cantor Fitzgerald, a financial institution, but but more of an intelligence operative, really. He's the first one that comes out in the next day with the story, the official narrative. Well, this is uh, has all the hallmarks of uh, Osama bin Laden and these terrorists. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. uh, and, and before any actual research has been done. In fact, Osama bin Laden is not even on the FBI's most wanted list for the crimes of 9-11. Okay. Uh, he's on their list for other things, but not 9-11. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. Um, we have uh, fudged computer models for building reports on, on the part of NIST that, uh, that uh, are shown very clearly, uh, well, very carefully on our website, richardgage911.org. There is a a, uh, a documentary called 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out. And that's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. Regarding COVID, you have uh, the, the, the control goes all the way to the top agencies with their uh, executives in place ready to handle having been at the uh, the the event 201 two years earlier and planning all of this out. Uh, the CDC, the WHO, NIAID, uh, uh, which is uh, Gate uh, Fauci's uh, uh, organization, uh, and they use their obscure computer models that are not publicly accessible to identify the virus, right? And right. In fact, it was from bats. Well, just the other day, they come out and acknowledge it probably wasn't from bats, but it was leaked uh, from this Wuhan uh this is the C, this is the who, um, mm -hmm. with Ted, uh, Negros. What's his name? Uh, Ted, the, uh, Ted, the, uh, uh, the leader of the, of the who admits this, uh, yesterday <laughs> I'm going, wow, this is amazing. You lied. You're admitting that you lied. It was never from bats. They tried Ted Lasso? No, no, sorry. I'm yeah, uh, Negros yeah. or something like that. Yeah, um, I thought so. Tedros. So you have uh, control of 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 treatment. Uh, you've got the 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 ridiculing and banning of medical treatments that were approved previously by the CDC. Uh, they're banned all of a sudden, and, the, and doctors who prescribe them are delicensed. Whatever, uh, whatever that uh, process is called. David. Dr. Merrill Nass had her license removed in, in for treating people successfully with with uh, ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine. So many, so many did. Yeah, and then you have the, the the conflicting direction also from the, these top people. It's like they're trying to intentionally confuse us. Where right. masks don't work. The original. Uh, well, uh, no, you have to wear two masks, right? If not three, uh, 180 degree turns. In order, I think, to confuse the public, um, mm -hmm. we have false official accounts of what really happened. Uh, the bat virus we just talked about uh, in the case of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, a myth that 19 fundamentalist uh, hijackers uh, in uh, planes with jet fuel. And we've debunked all, all uh, these uh, myths, particularly the, the jet fuel. It's just kerosene. It doesn't burn any hotter than desks or chairs. And even NIST itself admitted that 90% of the fuel was burned up outside the Twin Towers. The rest was gone in 10 minutes. It's normal office fires, essentially, in a few broken columns uh, from the plane uh, that brought the towers down. Uh, and then you have uh, at the Pentagon, uh, you have the, the security, the high, most highly defended building in the world, the Pentagon, over an hour after the towers had been hit. Um, 
unmolested, these planes, after we knew this was a terrorist attack on multiple buildings in our country and that plane, that a plane was flying toward uh, the, uh, the DC area. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, yet it was allowed to have penetrated uh, that radar. And that's evidenced by the uh, sworn testimony of Norman Mineta at the 9-11 Commission, who says Cheney said, yes, the orders still stand and asked repeatedly. Uh, and finally, uh, the plane hits the towers. And well, what were the orders then? It wasn't <laughs> to shoot it down, right? <laughs> right. So there's a climate of fear that's created in both cases, fear-based media propaganda about the terrorism uh, uh, all day and all night, threat level, color-coded indicators, which are, if, if it's up to orange or God forbid red, uh, you know, you better put duct tape over the plastic on your windows because a local terror cell could strike uh, from your own neighborhood. I mean, how... How crazy is that? You can't see these people. They don't wear turbans out in public, right? They're, they could come from anywhere. Uh, well, same thing with COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. They've made it so mysterious. You know, right. even you could get it at the grocery store by touching an, an ATM button, or paying <laughs> right. for your groceries. Uh, your neighbor could give it to it. Uh, God forbid uh, the, somebody in your own family could be the source of your death. Right. Uh, or the death of, of the elders who are more prone to yeah. uh, uh, worst case uh, scenarios with COVID. Sure. So uh, asymm asymptomatic people, people who don't even have the disease can now become super <laughs> Right. For the first time in history. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. So uh, there's a, an amazing abuse of science in the case of NIST. Uh, again and again, we, uh, we've caught them red-handed lying uh, to the public. They ignore overwhelming and irrefutable evidence of explosive demolition, which we show in the, uh, in, in the documentary that I mentioned, 9-11 explosive evidence experts okay. speak out. There's hundreds of witnesses of explosions. They say there's none. We include them, most many of them, in our website. The New York Times published them on their website, uh, oral recordings of the first responders hearing all of these explosions. There's billions of molten iron microspheres and chips of nanothermite found in the dust completely wow. um, ignored uh, by uh, the... And uh, what is the, the, uh, the nano, what did you call it? Nano? Oh, nanothermite. Um, what is that? Oh, I see it right here. Nanothermite. What does that do? I've... Oh, you've got to see the, uh, the, the documentary 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out. A team of eight international scientists led by Niels Harrod in Copenhagen analyzed seven different samples. They find the same small red-gray chips in each of these wow. uh, 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 samples. So they thought they were paint right? Because they're uh -huh. dual layered, red and gray on the other side. And, and they're, but they're attracted by a magnet. So they have the higher iron content. Well, they get real curious to uh, XEDS, X-ray energy dispersive spectroscopy. And they find that these dual layered red gray chips have the ingredients of thermite, iron oxide and aluminum powder, wow. unignited thermite. Well, that's real curious. They, uh, 
uh, zoom in with a nuclear microscope and identify uh, nano-sized particles of iron oxide and aluminum powder. These are the ingredients of thermite, by the way. Thermite is an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. So here you have the ingredients of thermite in all the chips analyzed, uh, given to them independently collected samples uh, by these concerned citizens who had heard about their work. And they have provided a 24-page peer-reviewed paper uh, in the Bentham Open Chemical Physics Journal in 2009. And they document in there that when they put these unignited chips in a heater, a differential scanning calorimeter, they ignite, producing a whole lot more energy, indicating their exothermic reactions, i.e. incendiaries, which should not be in the paint, should not be in the World Trade Center dust at all. Um, and uh, what happens when they ignite, they produce molten iron microspheres. Previously molten uh, iron microspheres is what the U.S. Geological Survey found in all of their samples of the dust. Uh, so you've got samples of unignited uh, thermite in the World Trade Center dust, nanothermite chips, and they're about a 16th of an inch long, by the way, these, these chips. The, the nano part is the, the components inside the chips of the iron oxide and aluminum powder. So you, the USGS and RJ Lee and an environmental consulting firm doing analysis on the dust find in all their samples uh, billions of previously molten iron microspheres. Well, molten iron is the byproduct of thermite. Molten iron microspheres happens when you have uh, pressure and you aerosolize molten liquid, or liquid, in this case, molten iron. So they turn into spheres by surface tension. So they, the USGS and RJ Lee do not try even to identify where these molten iron microspheres came from. So uh, it's very clear where they came from because this test was done in, on an experimental basis. All this is completely overlooked uh, and, and, and called conspiracy theory by, by officials. Uh, so that's what we're talking about when we say the abuse of science. Yeah. It's, it's, un, it's absolutely amazing. In the case of COVID, we have um, uh, a, a very low infection rates akin to a bad flu. And where did the flu go? The flu statistics are out the window. There's no flu. Everything is recategorized. The huh? They cured the flu. COVID they cured, cured the it. flu. It's yeah. now recategorized as COVID is what's really going on. Yeah. Uh, the death counts are exaggerated dramatically. Mm. The hospitals are given payments of $37,000 per uh, deceased uh, patient. Uh, by Unconscionable. COVID. And motorcycle accident victims are are tested with false positive readings that are then uh, diagnosed as COVID and therefore death by COVID. Right. I mean, it's incredible abuse of, of scientists. The, the PCR tests produce up to 50% positive results. Uh, and even the, the, the inventor of, of it, uh, of this test said it's not to be used for diagnosing diseases. It's just, you know, it's not accurate enough for that purpose. Right. So uh, the fact checkers that come out from these various sources, Snopes, I think is one of them, 
they're funded by the people who are profiting from the vaccines and the and the disease. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what do we do? We 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 end up with a response that's far more harmful than the original problem. 9-11, we kill 2 million Muslims after losing 3,000 of our own citizens, not to mention 7,000 U.S. soldiers that have died and uh, entering a $6.5 trillion global war on terror where citizens, including American citizens in foreign countries, are bombed uh, from drones in the sky. <clears throat> That's a problem that uh, is completely unjustified, especially when it was blamed uh, also on the uh, uh, the the uh, re weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, right? In, in addition right. to the terrorists uh, hiding out in Afghanistan. Right. Well, what's really going on there? We we have uh, the stealing of the oil in Iraq. We have the uh, the the uh, taking over of the uh, of the uh, heroin or the opium production in Afghanistan. Ninety percent of the world's population, ninety percent of the world's uh, opium production comes from Afghanistan, and so we had U.S. soldiers uh, guarding the the opium. Uh, the Taliban had shut down the production of opium dramatically, uh, wow. and it increased dramatically after they were thrown out of Afghanistan. So these are the kind of things we learn when we dig just a little bit deeper uh, and, and our, our worldview begins to be shattered by taking a look at these patterns yeah. uh, that we're, we're talking about. In the case of COVID, what's the response? Mask the children. Well, carbon dioxide intake levels dramatically increase uh, bacteria builds up on the masks. They distance each other socially. They're shut down emotionally. Uh, suicides are up. Uh, we have tens of millions of people put out of work uh, because of uh, the COVID lockdowns and then the vaccine mandates uh, following that. It's a destruction of our economy, generating a wealth transfer from inside the middle class to the elite. So uh, yeah, there's a real problem. We have an elusive, powerful enemy we talked about already. Uh, terrorism in the case of 9-11 uh, and uh, an insidious virus that you can't see, you can't find. Uh, you, anybody could have it. We have media censorship of what's really uh, going on. I, so sorry, would you mind backing up just one slide? Yeah, you go right ahead. Yeah, um, just because I think anthrax is quite relevant. Um, right, because uh, wasn't it Kenneth Alabak who was involved in uh, the development of the the anthrax? I don't and know he, that name. Okay, but we do know. And, just to bring all your your uh, your viewers up to date, and yeah. then I'll turn it back to you. the 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 anthrax attacks happened uh, uh, after nine eleven, uh, mm -hmm. but there was an anthrax attack drill exercise by FEMA the day before nine eleven. Yes, which brings the anthrax into into the mix uh, as a part of the 9-11 conspiracy. So it's really important. And of course, who's attacked by the anthrax? The two investigate the two senators who were involved in holding up the Patriot Act from being enacted. Back to you, Courtney. Right. Yeah. So I, I was just going to say, I, I'm pretty sure he was involved uh, um, with that with with the research on anthrax and with the anthrax drills 
Um, I, I would have to look back and research that, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He, he, it was the creation of the battle strain of anthrax. Yeah, it was a uh, Kenneth Alabak. And uh, I, I think he was pretty involved in a lot of the, uh, you know, bioweapon research that led up to, you know, the past two years. So, oh, so he's in also involved in Corona. Huh? Yes. So wow. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I missed that connection. A, well, I think that what happened was, uh, you know, and I don't know all the details of all of this, but I think what happened was during the, the Cold War, they had a, a, a bioweapons uh, department, uh, you know, within uh, DARPA. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of where the uh, Defense Threat uh, Reduction Agency has developed from. Mm. And so they were doing it under the guise that, you know, there were all these bioweapons that we needed to be uh, protected and armed and have, you know, countermeasures too. So they were doing all this research in the name of defense. You know, anytime they put a defense in front of it, they can basically give them carte blanche to do whatever they want with a black ops you know, budget. <laughs> so, yeah, an unlimited yeah. budget too. So I, yeah, so I think that's kind of was the genesis for it. So they had that, uh, the shell to be able to, you know, undergo this research. And then of course they do their, their war gaming uh, drills and then they, and then they beta test it. So. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, that's an important uh, mm -hmm. point there. I mean, really important so so we have um uh what the media does is call people conspiracy theorists or that's a conspiracy theory the, the government the 1035-960 document <laughs> yeah. well and there it is right there there it is this is a document uh released through this private corporation mm -hmm. which is a cia um original document countering yeah. criticism of the warren report which, of course, uh, was trying to support the official narrative of the JFK assassination. Right. Well, in this report, it says, call them conspiracy theorists. Yeah, you saw right there, 1035-960, for those who want to look it up. Yep. Yeah, where is that? Right here? It's right here, yeah, written 1035-960. Yeah. It's a duplicate of 1035-960. I love it. <laughs> and, um, and I've got to highlight in yellow exactly where uh, they recommend uh the use of the conspiracy theory term i haven't done that yet do you know happen to know offhand where it is i don't offhand no we're not going to read it right now <laughs> but uh i have gotten some of the data points but not all <laughs> yeah um so uh where possible counter speculation by encouraging number five References to the commission's report itself. Open-minded foreign readers should still be impressed by the care, the thoroughness, the objectivity, and the speed with which the commission worked, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, uh, yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, the, the problem, Courtney, is that uh, most Americans actually have done enough research or have heard enough yeah. times uh the truth about what happened to jfk mm -hmm. uh, uh and um that this was an inside job and most of them agree now what they're not doing is occupying washington dc with millions of people sitting down and not moving until this is reinvestigated and the truth comes out so uh, we are 
I would have to say uh, objectively based on that criteria alone that um, we don't take care of our freedom in this country. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I mean, we still have a uh, last time, uh, according to Annie Jacobson, that was a few years ago in her book, but there's still 16,000 files on Operation Paperclip that have not been uh, declassified. Ah, uh, yes. And That's of a course, lot. <laughs> Operation Paperclip, for those of you who don't know, goes back to 1947 and before, uh, certainly, that, that, that uh, the top scientists from Germany were brought over undercover and uh, used in our secret programs. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, bad news. There's a lot of it. Uh, here's more. Implementation <laughs> of dra draconian policies and surveillance. We got the Patriot Act, which is misnamed, of course. Uh, you're, you're, you're not a patriot if, if you don't succumb to a massive surveillance. Uh, all of our emails are, are uh, read now. This is completely unconstitutional. Uh, violation of the Fourth calls, Amendment. Violation of the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and to the U.S. Constitution. And the, the, the uh, phone calls are illegally recorded. And I'll put in a database for later access as needed. Uh, uh, and we're not doing anything about this. Ed Snowden uh, made us aware of this years ago. Mm -hmm. We're not doing anything. Well, you are. And uh, the Patriot Act was largely written by our current president. Yeah, Joe Biden had a huge <laughs> yeah. hand in, in drafting the Patriot Act in his finer years of cognitive, uh, before cognitive uh, decline. Sure. Uh, and, and so uh, it's incredible like, because any of us can be arrested without a right to a, a lawyer, a trial, a jury. We can be tortured in even. We can be assassinated. Uh, that's all legal with being associated with terrorism, which they don't even have to prove and it isn't even defined. So right. these are huge problems for our freedoms. And of course, uh, we, the Department of Homeland Security was created after the big nine as a reaction. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and then they put their hands uh, uh, all over our bodies. Yes, uh, and, and and or uh, photograph us uh, with X-ray machines that are proven to be not healthy, even though they say they are. Uh, Infuriates me. Not yeah. a health uh, risk, according to Department of Homeland Security. But uh, all, all of this goes back to 9/11, which yeah. was a complete psyop. So you, it makes you wonder: Was 9/11 set in place? Uh, to create this massive surveillance and, and, and a, more akin to a totalitarian society than a democracy to take over vast uh, 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 territory in the Middle East, which was, by the way, set on paper by the Project for a New American Century, the neocon think tank uh, mm -hmm. before the a year before the uh, Bush administration came into power. These people that signed this document calling for a vast increase in the military budget, uh, in regional hegemony in the Middle East, uh, and, and other uh, points, uh, they acknowledge in that document that this would be very difficult to achieve absent a catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. And Bush writes in his diary uh, the next day, we had our new Pearl Harbor uh, today, uh, or the next morning, I guess it was. Wow. 
anyway, it's an, it's incredible uh, how all these things line up. And on the COVID side, you have the World Health Organization hi, organization hiring the very same PR firm Hill and Knowlton to help shape the narrative for more thorough public acceptance. This is the PR firm that was used to shape public acceptance for the 9-11 side. Uh, I mean, it's incredible that that multi-million dollar uh, firms, international firms are being used to shape public opinion in America. Wow. Uh, as, and that's just, that's beside the media. That's outside the media. Right. Uh, so the narrative then will shift as the public uh, kind of awakens to part of it, like bat viruses, for instance, um, <laughs> viruses from bats. Uh, and they, they shape, they move the narrative, i.e. yesterday, Ted Tendros. Tedros. That's yeah. Tedros. Tedros. Uh, and, um, that's where he got his name, Ted. Anyway, yep. <laughs> uh, we've, we've, so now it's come out. Oh, it, it was a leak from Wuhan. Now they haven't gone so far as to acknowledge that it was actually an engineered bioweapon in the Wuhan lab, which Fauci paid gain of function studies for. And which actually starts in uh, Winnipeg and North Carolina, Chapel Hill and possibly even some of the other bio labs around the world, you know, uh, this is this all was... very well documented. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so here you have these parallels that are just incredible, serious conflicts of interest. The yeah. people in charge of major multinational corporations like Halliburton, who get gained by billions uh, are through no bid contracts in Iraq and Afghanistan. They're, Cheney's the one in control of the uh, the uh, pulling off the event itself. Uh, Michael Chertoff, co-author of the Patriot Act with Biden, um, administering justice against the Muslims who tortured, who were tortured for their testimony uh, while setting free Mossad operatives from Israel, uh, caught dancing as the towers are being destroyed and profiting from remote flight control systems. That's Michael Chertoff's uh, um, corporation uh, used to control the airplanes, and uh, according you, to some researchers. I'm huh? so sorry. I, I was wondering if you could also, uh, because we're talking about, you know, financial uh, beneficiaries, uh, there was a, some ties with uh, Silverstein and, you know, he had insurance on only the buildings he had insurance on seemed to have fallen. So are you familiar with that, those connections? Uh, well, um, let's tell everybody where we are and then let me catch up with you. Okay. Uh, Larry Silverstein uh, built uh, the World Trade Center Building 7 in the 86. It became part of the World Trade Center, even though it was outside the super block. Uh, and then uh, he, uh, just six weeks prior to 9-11, uh, purchased uh, all the rest of the World Trade Center buildings, having put only 15 million of his own money in and leveraged that to 3.2 billion and in a deal that went through just six weeks prior to 9-11. So I'm sure there's a parallel here to COVID uh, also uh, <laughs> uh, that, that can be made. But now regarding the insurance, he put massive terrorist insurance that was never on these buildings before. And then, of course, six weeks later, he was able to uh, make a claim um, 
uh, on these buildings, which had uh, required $5 billion of, of uh, asbestos abatement and upgrades to telephone, outdated, severely outdated telephone, electrical, electrical and communication systems in the building. Uh, they were only half occupied at the time of 9-11, according to many researchers. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there, the coincidences just stack up. Now, what were you saying about the insurance? Yeah, no, you just explained it. That's exactly okay. what the, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's pretty. I, I'm just wondering if, you know, that it, it seems to be quite coincidental, but I, I don't know how, you know, it, it would, it would appear to me that, you know, there was some sort of collusion between Larry Silverstein and, uh, you know, the, uh, the orchestrators. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's implied, it's implicit, it's probably proven. In fact, Larry Silverstein himself, a year later, acknowledged, uh, well, there's been such terrible loss of life. And this is the, a month later, he's being interviewed about Building 7. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're, maybe the smartest thing to do is pull it. And so they gave the order to pull, and we watched the building come down. Wow. So most everybody with a rational mind realizes that he's talking about pulling building seven, uh, which means in the controlled demolition industry to bring it down by controlled demolition. Uh, he says later, Oh, I meant pull the firefighters out of the building. Well, they weren't in the building. They were told not to fight the fire. They were prevented from fighting the fire by armed thugs uh, actually uh, in outside the building, wow. guarding the building from any letting anybody into it. Um, this is uh, eyewitness testimony by Captain Patterson of the FDNY, who was prevented from even assessing the building, which was his job, um, by these uh, paramilitary in garb at Building 7. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then over on the COVID side, you have the father of Bill Gates, uh, the biggest vaccine pusher, provider, funder, and profiteer. Uh, uh, his father is on the board of Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood. Uh, she declares uh, that the most merciful thing that the large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. This is the founder of Planned Parenthood making these statements. They're publicly available. We don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. She was a eugenicist. Uh, excuse me. This is in a letter by her, Margaret Sanger, to Clarence Gamble uh, in 1939. And so is the father of uh, Bill Gates, who was on the, the board of directors as the key lawyer to the Planned Parenthood. Bill Gates grew up in an environment of eugenicists. So, uh, isn't it a conflict of interest that he's now the biggest pusher of vaccines, which have killed so many people uh, in India that he's been kicked out of India and, uh, and parts of Africa as well. Uh, and, and now you've got uh, more people dying of the vaccine than ever died of COVID. Uh, so uh, according to the VAERS report, 12,900 people have have died and their deaths are put on the VARES report by 
doctors who have to go through all kinds of hoops in order to get them there. It's a whole lot easier. And the hospitals discourage doctor, their own doctors to, from uh, submitting VAERS reports. Uh, it's it's uh, very difficult to do. Nevertheless, 12,900 uh, people uh, are on the VAERS reports. It is estimated by a study that this represents only 1% of the deaths. So that's over a mil million people, if you do the math, uh, dead uh, by the vaccine. Wow. You, you know, what's really interesting about that. So I, I'm sure you're familiar with the Vaccine Compensation Act of uh, 1986. Mm -hmm. So one of the caveats in that act is, you know, it grants impunity to the pharmaceutical industries. However, the, the caveat is that it is only if the reporting uh, if, uh, on bearers is kept accurate. Right. So and one of the main complaints, uh, the chief complaints actually on both sides is that it's not accurate. Right. Mm. And so therefore that should, uh, you know, it should vitiate any impunity for these pharmaceuticals, theoretically, according oh, to point. that act. Yeah. The pharmaceutical industry is immune mm -hmm. from liability for their own product. That's the, the perfect business model. You <laughs> mandate a vaccine or get the government to do it. And then you're immune from the results, the negative results of that product. There's, there's no better business model. No, no. And that's but how it they're is able interesting to that nobody off. is pointing that out because I, I do believe, I, I, I might be wrong, but I do believe that that's a caveat in you know, that act that they are only granted the impunity if the reporting is uh, kept accurate and up to date. And oh. everybody seems to have a consensus that it's not accurate. So therefore, <laughs> you would think they are not granted impunity, but somehow they seem to be anyway. So, yeah, thank, I think that's thank you for driving that point home. That's really important. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, so uh, the parallels are, are, are completely incredible here, and I I couldn't, uh, I, I think it's, I think this is why Ed Griffin, G. Edward Griffin wanted me to bring this information, these connections to the Red Pill Expo. Yeah. Uh, we'll be continuing to tell them uh, about the missing structural elements that NIST had to remove, talking about abusive science, from the building in their computer model in order to get their uh, failure, which involves, in the case of Building 7 here, the expansion of long-span steel beams pushing a girder off of its seat uh, on this particular column, uh, 79. And none of that could have happened, uh, given all of the uh, fireproofing and, 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 and structural members that NIST completely ignores uh, on these on these uh, elements. Um, so uh, he, what they do is they do computer models, just like they did in COVID. Here's our structural model showing the building collapsing, which matches quite, quite well with the video of the event. So they have 400 structural steel connections failing every second, in order, which is completely ludicrous. It's like firing a, a fire hose on a sandcastle. Uh, in their computer model, they can simply let go of the connections between these elements uh, and, and try to fake a free fall collapse, but they can't even do that. If you watch the actual collapse on the left, 
um, once again, the east penthouse falls first. Uh, but you don't see the massive breaking up of granite panels and windows on the left side of the video, do you? That's what would have happened. And in their computer model, it begins to tip over. It looks nothing like the actual uh, 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 building uh, uh, failure itself. So uh, this is the same thing they did with COVID. They used uh, computer models to identify a virus which um, is so far removed from reality by mathematical obfuscation that uh, they've confused even their, their, most of their top scientists and certainly all of the doctors that are being uh, led to uh, jab their clients, uh, their patients. Sure. So uh, we, we have put in a FOIA request uh, saying, <clears throat> release your computer models. It, it, and they say, no, we can't do that. It would jeopardize public safety. <laughs> Wait a minute. Doesn't it jeopardize public safety to withhold this information from the architects and engineers who are tasked with ensuring the public safety? You would think. Yep. This is called abuse of science and fraud. Look at the structure fraud. in this building. That building came down at free fall as fast as a bowling ball falling from the sky. It would have had to have crushed all of this structure uh, wow. on its way down. And, and yet, it, it's, it, it, even if one of these pieces, one of them out of 82 columns in this building, if one of those columns gave any resistance, it would have slowed down the building as these columns are buckling, giving resistance but they, it didn't slow down at all. Came down again as fast as a bowling ball falling out of the sky. And that's why that's we horrible. prefer the scientific method. <laughs> and, and the doctors uh, at the advanced medicine conference of Dr. Rashid Batar in mm -hmm. San Antonio last month, where I also spoke mm -hmm. on 9-11 at his request yeah. to bring this information to the scientific uh, medical community, uh, in that case, the alternative community, because the mainstream community is not listening. So um, we that's why we start with the scientific method, uh, because when you do that, uh, <laughs> you end up with a different hypothesis in the case of Building 7, that it wasn't fire that brought the building down, but mm -hmm. controlled demolition with precise, precisely placed timed explosives. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to uh, share with you. I'll unshare my screen. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions from there. Thank you for that. That was so beautifully laid out and Thank so you. clear. I, I think it can be very murky for a lot of people, but you do a really good job of really breaking it down. So I am very grateful for that. So Thanks. can you talk a little bit about uh, maybe the Pentagon and then the two towers? Right. Yeah. The the uh, start with the towers actually. Um, uh, the the nine eleven truth movement is quite divided on what did or didn't hit the Pentagon. Um, right. Uh, they all want we all want a real investigation. We all want the of release of the videos. Uh, but it it is as fishy as all of the rest of the inf information uh, from the official narrative um, sure. about what happened. As fishy as the twin towers, which says that. Uh, in the case of, of the Twin Towers, uh, we have the top section above the uh, jet plane impacts driving the rest of the building down to the ground. Uh, and, and, 
and, and again, that's almost at free fall. That's two thirds of free fall. That's acceleration, not deceleration. So when it hits the cold, hard steel below, we have uh, a extremely little slowing down. In fact, there's no slowing down. It's speeding up. It's almost as, fa as fast as a bowling ball falling out of the sky. And, and so those columns gave virtually no resistance whatsoever. And, and so how does that happen? Right. Well, we have the smooth, the sudden onset of destruction. Okay. So there's no and smooth uh, acceleration. So there's no hesitation as it hits the cold, hard, intact steel below. Mm -hmm. uh, that that's a dead giveaway that that the columns are being removed. And what do we see down below? We 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 well first what did we hear? Uh, there are witnesses again, 156 of them, documented by Professor Graham McQueen in 2012, and he very carefully has read the 20,000 pages of documents and wow. come up with all of these witnesses of explosions. And they're like, they say, like, uh, uh, like in a controlled demolition, pop, pop, pop. When you, you see, hear all those explosions, that's what yeah. I heard. Another said is like, boom, boom, boom. Another one said uh, flashes of light uh, at, at, at uh, the floors 10 and 15. Others saw flashes of light higher. Many of them heard like a train running under their feet. And all of this is before the collapse of the either of these buildings. Wow. So they're experiencing explosions. They're seeing explosions. They're hearing explosions all before the collapse. Now, this is also corroborated by most all of the reporters who were on the ground that day before the national media came in and hijacked the story, these on the ground reporters were reporting primarily a, a uh, explosion based event. 22 of the 41 of them are actually eyewitnesses to explosions. Their bodies are covered with debris after the explosion happened again before the towers came down. All this is uh, documented now on my webinar, which is called, which is free on YouTube. It's called 9-11, An Architect's Guide, a three-part series. And we go from building seven to, to build the, the explosive nature of the Twin Towers. And then in part three to the incendiary or extreme heat in the Twin Towers. It's all there, free on YouTube, free on our website, which is, by the way, richardgage911.org. So we've completely disproven the official narrative that the top part destroys the rest of the building and then destroys itself, which is ludicrous because that completely violates the Newton's third law of motion. Uh, there's an equal and opposite destructive force when two bodies collide. So if there was going to be any kind of a collapse, it, it would... Uh, it would crumple in on itself and then it would begin to fall over. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and this is very well documented. In addition, we have the uh, aftermath of forensic evidence that we discussed earlier with the uh, small red gray chips of nanothermite found in all the dust samples by that team of eight international scientists. 
And we also have uh, found by the US Geological Survey and RJ Lee, billions of previously molten iron microspheres. Well, molten means what? It means 2,800 degrees to melt iron. That's right. incredible. Yeah. Uh, fires only get five or 600 degrees typically. NIST yeah. claims 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit, but that yeah. is uh, completely untested. What we're talking about is uh, there's, there's no evidence for 1,800 degree temperatures. We're talking about 2,800 degree temperatures. Uh, more, well, in fact, more than twice the temperatures that um, that are even really capable of being generated either by office fires or jet fuel. So uh, this is among the evidence that uh, we present. Uh, and also uh, the lateral discharge during the collapse of four and eight ton structural steel sections at 80 miles an hour laterally, not down, but upward and outward landing 600 feet in every direction. It looks more like a geometry of, uh, of fireworks in a volcanic uh, uh, eruption, like in the Tongan Sea in 2009 with upward, outward hurling uh, 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 solid objects uh, trailed by thick white smoke clouds. Well, how do we get thick white smoke clouds trailing structural steel sections? They're not flammable, not even with jet fuel. So how does that happen? Yeah, well, it happens it when you place sh shaped cutter charges of, of thermite uh, on the ends of the columns and the beams. That's how that happens. And that, that's also what causes it to be uh, that hot? You said 2,800 degrees? Yeah. Yeah, yeah thermite uh, releases 4,000 degree temperatures. Wow. And so... Uh, uh, liquid molten iron at those temperatures. So, uh, and, and it cools and it falls. That's also how we get the toasting of the tops of the cars all around the outside of the World Trade Center that we show in our documentary. Uh, how, uh, this is a very high heat event. So yeah. droplets of molten iron could explain that. There's nothing else in the official narrative that explains that. Wow. And then the, the Pentagon, what, what are the thoughts behind that? Yeah. So um, it, the, 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 in the Pentagon, what we're told is that we have Hani Hanjur, a hijacker mm -hmm. in the airplane mm -hmm. that was unmolested for an hour after the Twin Towers were hit, right. heading straight for the most highly defended building in the world, doing a maneuver <clears throat> that most jet pilots can't even accomplish in a civilian aircraft yet. Uh, a corkscrew turn. Uh, bringing him uh, uh, down uh, 8,000 feet in, in just three minutes, or I forget the numbers. Um, and this is, this is a hijacker who failed Cessna flying school. They wouldn't even rent to him a Cessna aircraft. He did so bad. Wow. So that was just for show. That was to show the public yeah. that they went to 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 Cessna flying school, you know, so okay, well, maybe that makes sense to me as John Q. Public, but it doesn't make sense to anybody who reals realize that they failed miserably. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, this guy hits where uh, in the Pentagon, the 
offices of the Naval Intelligence and Defense Department that were uh, analyzing the, 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 the budget, auditing the budget of the Pentagon responsible for finding the $2.3 trillion that was missing from the Pentagon budget. Mm. That Rumsfeld just Donald Rumsfeld mentioned on the 10th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Donald Rumsfeld mentioned this the night before. And of course, everybody completely forgot about that as the Pentagon got its $48 billion increase in budget to commence a $6.5 trillion global war on terror. Wow. Wow. So I, I want to talk a little, you, you've gone through some of it, but I, but I want to hear just kind of your thoughts on motivation behind, we'll start with the, the big nine event. Um, and then, you know, because I think that's relevant, I think to what's happening today. So, but let's start with, yeah, some motivation and what you see, uh, you know, why they may have what would be the reason for doing this? And then certainly what it's paved the way for now. Oh, I hope we can get to that last question and I hope I can figure out how to answer it before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we, uh, one, of the, one of the important sources on this question is uh, James Corbett of mm -hmm. thecorbettreport.com. Okay, yeah. And he has put together a film called 9-11, Follow the Trillions. Mm, right. uh, following the money, qui bono, who benefited? Uh, we, we've got to look at the flow of money in order to really understand this. And another great source. Um, that's a free YouTube video, by the way. 9-11, Follow the Trillions. Um, we have... Oh, I didn't forget his name. 67. That's how old I am. now. <laughs> anyway, these, these things happen to me. And there's some great You're doing pretty well. <laughs> out there. Yeah, thanks. Um, it'll come to me. Uh, so you've, you've got the financial side. You've got the goals of the project for a new American century that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, realized the regional hegemony in the Middle East with Afghanistan and Iraq. Of course, Afghanistan turned sour for them uh, uh, overnight. Um, well, that wasn't overnight, but <clears throat> you have a $48 billion increase in the defense budget, which benefits, uh, among many others, Halliburton with billions, uh, Dick Cheney's uh, who was, who by all accounts, the one pulling the strings uh, before and during uh, and after 9-11 uh, to benefit, which benefited uh, that multi-billion dollar multinational corporation supplying uh, the effort in Iraq and Afghanistan. You have uh, <clears throat> a surveillance state that has, through the Patriot Act, the Military Commissions Act of 2012 and the National oops, Military Commissions Act and the Military Commissions Act, National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, all separately uh, 
uh, raping our, our constitution and our freedoms. Um, and, and that seemed to be one of the goals or the motivators of this deep state, uh, which has uh, taken control of our country. Now, uh, we've looked at the parallels to COVID. Yeah. Um, you have all the same things. You've got massive flow of billions and billions of dollars of money yeah. um, into the hands of billionaire bankers, which own the, the uh, big pharma, which runs 70% of the advertising on TV. And uh, so what media company is going to tell the truth when 70% of their budget comes from big pharma. They're just not going to do it. They're owned. In fact, they're occupied right. also by uh, U.S. intelligence services through Project Mockingbird, uh, which was goes way back uh, to yeah. uh, the 60s or earlier, uh, which is the intent of the CIA to control the information that gets put out on the mainstream media by seeding it with their own operatives uh, to control those uh, corporations, which the corporations are already controlled anyway uh, from the top down. So I don't know where the greater degrees of control come from. It's irrelevant. Uh, they are mouthpieces of the multinational corporations who have uh, taken over this country in a fascist uh, coup over decades. Right. Yeah. Was, did that answer your question? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it really did. I think it absolutely did. I think that the, there's, I, I think that's very accurate. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things too that, you know, from, from what I can see just, uh, you know, as the you know, layman who hasn't really, you know, I don't have the uh, background to adjudicate, you know, either the scientific or the, uh, you know, architectural um, and scientific ramifications and implications in, in either case. But what I can see is that there was, in order to, you know, when I was talking about how they do these beta testing, I think they, they have to lay a foundation. So, you, you have to, there, it's like trauma-based mind control. So you, you start to plant the seeds for people, get them to accept something that they would never accept previously. And then you release a little bit and then you clamp down again. And I, I think that that was the, the big nine was such a catastrophic event that was, you know, it was mass trauma for everyone. I mean, I was in New York city at the time I had friends who were in the building you know, I remember that day very, very clearly. And it was traumatic collectively, you know, for some people it was personally traumatic, you know, whether they were themselves injured or family members, loved ones, so forth, so on. Um, but certainly collectively, it was traumatic. You know, this was an attack that we were told on our country. Um, this was, you know, a, uh, you know, a threat, a future threat. It was, uh, you know, and it was just a major change. So, there were so many things that were uh, implemented, you know, as we talked about the Department of Homeland Security, the surveillance systems. And I think one of the things that was really, really key was to strip us of our freedom of mobility, which is such an integral part of our constitution. You know, that is something that we take for granted, I think, as Americans, 
that we have this freedom of mobility. And I, I would argue it's actually an inalienable right, which is why it was uh, embedded into the Constitution, because our, I think our founding fathers recognized that that was an inalienable right. And of course, we now have the advent of technology, which is, you know, enhanced our uh, freedom of mobility. But it is something that we have always had and that we've always been able to do. And it is something that we, that's why the 10th Amendment is so important for us to be able to, you don't like a policy in one state, you go to another state. And I think that that was really, really uh, hampered by the big nine. And I think it was further, uh, you know, restricted by you know, the big C, we'll <laughs> say, you know, right? Like, I, I think that, you know, and I think had the big nine not happened, people would never have allowed it with the big C. And that's just one example. But I think what I'm what I'm trying to uh, convey is how they have to lay these groundworks of certain freedoms being and certain inconvenience. I don't I don't want to I, I don't want to downplay it by saying inconveniences, but things that we would never tolerate otherwise having those be become accepted become normalized and once that happens they can then take it a step further so i think that's why it's so important for people to understand what happened you know in 2001 because until you really understand that i think people don't have the bulwark to resist the future psyops excellent i i, I would uh i would uh completely uh, echo that, but you said it so beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, but I think you know what's so important, and what I'm so grateful for what you're doing is you lay out these details because I think there are a lot of people who may intuitively recognize something's not right here, uh, but they they do they feel like unless they can't go unless they can go to somebody and point to X, Y, and Z, you know this is what happened and this is what is inaccurate, then they feel like they. They just they just cave to the narrative. Yep. yep. So yep. we give them the information. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for more than 15 years, and I will never stop Thank until you. we get a real investigation and American people wake up and they throw everyone out of Congress who uh, did not support a new investigation. Fantastic. So what do you see for the future? Uh, both both specifically in terms of, you know, getting some sort of a, a accurate investigate uh, an honest investigation i should say um and also just for the future of our country and for sovereignty and for future science sorry that was a lot Cut, answer <laughs> whatever and however you want to <laughs> i i i have more hope than i've had because people are waking up in bigger numbers and thanks to the the covid uh, uh overstep on the part of, of the authorities, the government, the media, the big pharma, uh, the CDC, the WHO, I mean, they've completely exposed themselves. Well, they did that with 9-11 too, I thought. But, uh -huh. uh, but people are waking up now with the opportunity to present the connections, uh, uh, the dots, uh, connect the dots between 9-11 and COVID by, by these same patterns that, that exist and will develop this, this uh, <clears throat> it's a developing theme, these parallels that we will um, work with uh, increasingly uh, in, until, you know, people really get it. Because, you know, half the people in the 9-11 truth movement don't get COVID. Um, 
they've taken the vaccine. They, they believe the government, they believe the media on, uh, um, excuse me, they, 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 they disbelieve the government media on 9-11, but they uh, seem to agree without yeah. feeling the need to do deeper investigation on the subject of COVID from the government and media. Right. And so uh, when these uh, connections are made, uh, hopefully uh, they, they will see fit to wake up. On the other side, you have um, a lot of people waking up to COVID who have never heard uh, the truth about 9-11. So with the increasing numbers of speaking engagements that I have been able to be invited to, uh, such as uh, Anarchapulco in Mexico, uh, such as the cryptocurrency conference in, Sa in San Diego that we spoke at, uh, and such as the advanced medicine conference uh, in San Antonio last month uh, with Dr. Rashid Batar and yeah. coming up the Red Pill Expo in, in Indianap Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, July 8, 9, 10. Uh, we have, uh, uh, we're reaching much greater numbers because even if only a thousand people can come to the Red Pill Expo, we have uh, tens of thousands that are capable of, of watching live stream and, right. uh, and hearing these connections and seeing Building 7 coming down and the Twin Towers as well. I got to now cram all of that in addition to the parallels in 45 minutes. It's not easy. That's not easy at all. No, I, I'm grateful you did it in this time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was concerned. I was like, how are you going to get all this information done? <laughs> yeah, so... Well, I, I thank you so much. I don't know if you have anything else you want to leave us with or, yeah. Oh, well, if, if you're moved by the information you saw and you want to share it with others, use us. Uh, there's 3,500 architects and engineers signed on to the petition demanding a new investigation. That's a lot of credibility, 30,000 years of technical uh, and building credi credibility. Uh, use the, uh, the videos, uh, which you can send links to uh, on our website, richardgage911.org. Do something. Don't just sit on this information and go, oh, yeah, you need to share it with your friends, your neighbors, your family members, your colleagues. Uh, it's really important. In fact, share it with your, uh, your elected representatives, because if you make a 10-minute appointment on the phone with them, I'll be there to give the presentation. Just let us know. Uh, on our website, when and where it is, or when it is. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I do want to just ask you about that, because I think that's so important for people to feel like there is something they can do. I think there are some people, some people are just, you know, not even aware of the information, but there are people who are aware and they get overwhelmed because they feel helpless. And they mm -hmm. just feel, you know, kind of a, a sense of this pending doom that there's just so much and the forces are really stacked against us. So yeah. I'd like to give people a sense of, uh, you know, empower them with what can they do and what difference will that make? What are yep. your thoughts? Just send the link, richardgage911.org, richardgage911.org to everybody uh, that, you, particularly architects and engineers in your community, but everybody else that you know. Uh, the evidence is all there. It's it's very easy to find. It's right on the front page. You can't miss it. You should do something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here with us today. And uh, tell Pete, so it's uh, your website again, and I'll post the link. And yeah, thank you. Richard, 
gauge 911.org. There awesome. it is. I'll see you there. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Courtney. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.